0: Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try.
1: Thursday, or as I like to call it, Friday Eve, baby. Yeah, it's right there. You You can smell Friday from here. It's 507, Trey Ware, KTSA. It's National School Choice Week, and the education cartel ain't happy one little bit about that. You see... The education cartel, they don't want to give up that money to give you, the parents, you, the grandparents, the say-so over who educates your child. Well, the reason of that is very obvious. Uh, private schools are turning out better educated humans. That's just a fact. And so, that's why the education cartel is against competition. Because if you actually had real school choice and you could decide to go to private education with your child or your grandchild or whatever the situation might be, you may choose a better environment for them to be in, a better opportunity for them to get an education, an actual education and not the indoctrination that the public schools are doing now. So school choice vouchers are being debated in Austin, Texas. And of course, the education cartel and the teachers' unions are now no, no, you can't do that because it's going to take, it's going to take money away from um, uh, uh, the the poor rural communities. You know, the poor people are not, they're not going to have a place to get get education. Well, that kind of is the point of a of a voucher. It gives the poor and others an opportunity. The rich already take their kids to private education by and large. Middle class, upper middle class. The poor don't have that opportunity. The poor locked in the indoctrination centers that we call public school. But I got to tell you, man, they don't like it. And, and here's my question for those in the education cartel, whether it's the teachers' unions or those who are all muckety-muck, making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year running these multi-billion-dollar operations that we call schools. Um, my, my question is, what you afraid of? I mean, he, here's how I look at this. If you're doing a great job And you're actually educating children and you're not indoctrinating children and you're not stuffing their heads with all this trans nonsense and you're not transitioning them and not telling their parents like we've seen so many times in public schools if that's the case if you're doing a wonderful job and you are graduating really smart human beings at well-educated humans why are you afraid of a little competition? I mean, obviously, you're going to kick kick butt and take names, right? I mean, if you're doing a great job, then you shouldn't be worried about whether or not there's competition, right? You see, having a cartel on the education keeps and locks out competition, so you don't have to really do a good job. You can really suck. Anybody who doesn't have competition can suck. That's what no competition does, see? When there's no competition, particularly in a in a government bureaucracy, when there's no competition, well then you suck. Competition keeps you from sucking. Competition makes you work hard. Competition makes you win. Competition makes you better at what you're doing. So, actually, in the education cartel, you ought to be looking at this and saying, "Man, this is a blessing. It's going to make us a whole lot better than we are. The cream going to rise to the crop. That's or the top. That's the that's the that's the point of fact." You should you should embrace competition. You should look forward to having competition. You should feel blessed by having competition. Instead of being able just to go in and put in a couple of hours there, and a couple hours there, and a couple hours there, and uh, you know go home at the end of the day, you, you ought to feel good about kicking butt and taking names and working hard. And that's what that's what school choice does, and it really is an opportunity for parents to say what's going on and have an input into their child's education instead of just they have to go here because you live here you live in this area so your child has to go to this school what if that school sucks doesn't matter that's where they got to go so this is a good thing and school choice is a good thing and i'm talking about one for one school choice i'm talking about either not taking the money from you in your in your uh, property taxes in the first place or giving it all back to you every last bit of it and you decide what you want to do 210 major escalation in the war in ukraine we are sending our m1 tanks over there ukraine says now that they want to go on the offensive and they want to take crimea by the way germany has put tanks in ukraine as well the last time germany put tanks in ukraine that didn't go all that well But, you know, people don't learn from history anymore. We don't teach history anymore, so they don't learn from history anymore. And the swamp in D.C. says that Ukraine is the most important issue that America faces. Now, I kind of every day do a 30,000-foot flyover of America and kind of look and see what's going on. And, And when we see, you know, the fentanyl deaths, in fact, in Seattle, Seattle is now putting dead bodies in hallways in the morgues and at uh, funeral homes because they've run out of freezer space at the morgue. And they are people that are ODing on fentanyl. Seattle, King County. All that fentanyl that they're ODing on is coming across the border because this administration has opened up our southern border. And there is no doubt in most Americans' minds that we are under invasion ourselves in the United States. No, it's not a Russian invasion. And no, there's not necessarily bombs being launched or missiles being launched at us like what's going on in Ukraine. But there have been some violent crime like the Mexican drug cartels killing a bunch of people execution-style in California last week. That has gone on in our country. But we are under invasion, whether you want to admit it or not. We are. And we are more concerned about Ukraine's borders than we are our own. But what's interesting about the major escalation here is that now Ukraine wants jets. Yesterday, Joe Biden announced that he was giving them tanks, donation of tanks, along with Germany. And Zelensky said, hey, man, that's great, but I need jets. <laughs> And you know when he says his next thing is, you know, thanks for the jets, now I need nukes. Which he once had until Arkansas Bill cut a deal to give his nukes away and said, we'll protect you. If If anybody fires a nuclear weapon at you, we'll be there to protect you. And that's why we're in the situation that we are in right now. Major escalation in the war. Jimmy, do you have uh, Joe from yesterday announcing this? Let's let's play this and uh, pay attention a little bit to what Joe is saying when he uh, introduces. When he what was that? Okay, when he introduces the people that are there with him, Anthony Blinken, who is the Secretary of State, Lloyd Austin, who is the Secretary of Defense, Defense Secretary. Is there with the president now? I know those people, and you probably know those people. You probably have a picture of them in your mind right now. Joe doesn't know them. Let's listen. the
2: Secretary of State, the Secretary of, of, the, uh, of the, uh, uh, the Military uh, behind me uh, are uh, they? They've been deeply, deeply involved in this this whole effort. Our capability as uh, General Wilson will tell you, has uh, been has been critical.
1: Folks, of course we don't know what he's saying because he doesn't know what he's saying, okay? He is escalating a war that the other side has said, we're going to use nukes or we're going to bomb you or we're going to, you, you keep escalating this and you try to take our country, as, as now Ukraine is saying, you, you want to go take part of Russia away. Uh, that's what Ukraine is saying. We're going to go take part of Russia away now. Uh, that's kind of like, I don't know how you would feel if, if Mexico said we wanted to take Texas. Oh, you probably, there's some people like that, actually. <laughs> some people say, we, we we are actually here illegally. Uh, okay, let's say that, uh, I don't know, pick a country. Uh, Germany wanted to take Louisiana. How do we feel about that? Well, no, I, I could give Louisiana away. This isn't a good argument. But anyway, Joe is, uh, yeah, he, he doesn't know who Lloyd Austin is, obviously. He called him General which, folks, that's a big no-no. You guys know that because we're in Military City, USA. That's a big no-no. He, you don't call, he, he did retire a general, but he got a waiver because you can't be a general and be a, you have to be a civilian to be a head of our military, and it's a big, big, big deal. He's the Secretary of Defense, the Defense Secretary. Lloyd Austin is his name, Joe. Learn it before you bring him out to stand behind you saying that he supports who you are joe has done that before by the way i don't know i don't know if you remember but back in march of 2021 joe said i want to thank the uh uh the the, the sec the the sec um the uh ah, former general i keep calling him general but my my the the guy who runs the outfit over there lloyd austin the guy who runs the outfit over there unbelievable video from project veritas released last night i i'm guessing it's true and real because it's all over well except the mainstream media they're not talking about it but i will coming back next trey where ktsa let's
3: talk about my friend dr mark williamson you know
1: 19 now we're ktsa i'm trey ware right over there is elaine there's jimmy right over there is big captain don and we got you covered in the morning here on ktsa two one zero five nine nine fifty five fifty five. so project veritas has uh, put out a new video uh, late last night you know that group and uh what they do is uh very without people knowing it they have these meetings with them and they video them and they catch them saying things that Uh Uh-oh, they're not supposed to say. And they caught Jordan uh, Tristan Walker, apparently. And I watched the video. It's about nine minutes long, so I'm not going to play it here on the radio. You can look it up if you want to. He apparently is the Pfizer Director of Research and Development, or one of their Directors of Research and Development. He's saying in this video, don't tell anybody. Don't tell anybody. But we are exploring mutating COVID-19 via directed evolution. Isn't it cool? We talk about this a lot when they have a pejorative term, a term that's been made pejorative. Let's just say gain of function <laughs> because now everybody knows what gain of function is, right? That's where they screw around with these viruses to mutate them, to jump them from animals to human beings. That's called gain of function. You, you may have heard about this. There's a lot of interviewing that's been done. Dr. Senator Rand Paul has been asking questions of Dr. Fauci about gain-of-function. And then we find evidence that, oh, yeah, they've been doing gain-of-function. Well, so in this video, Mr. Jordan Tristan Walker is appearing to say, and again, I watched it, so they can continue to profit off of vaccines. So they have changed gain-of-function to directed evolution, in other words, man-made evolution, uh, tinkering around with COVID-19 with the virus, so that they can continue to have it mutate. I think what he said was something about, so it goes back and jumps from monkey to monkey to monkey, and it continues to intensify, and it continues to change. And so with newer strains and more powerful strains, as Bill Gates said in australia a couple of days ago get ready there's going to be more and it's going to be more powerful right and as tony blair said last week at davos get ready because we're going to have to take a bunch of shots because it's going to be back and it's going to be more powerful well so this guy on this project uh, veritas video appears to be saying they're doing this stuff on purpose in order to make more vaccines we got it now we got to tinker around a vaccine and every time they do the u.s government pays them approximately five billion dollars for the new vaccine here's what he said in the video why don't we just mutate covid 19 ourselves so we could create um, um you know permanently develop a new uh, you know new vaccines right okay So we'll see where all that goes. And Project Veritas has the video, and they have put it out. It's all over uh, Twitter this morning, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, By the way, speaking of COVID, there's been a letter that's being put out by the Children's Health Defense. That's Children's Health Defense, if you want to look it up online. And these doctors on this letter that are co-signing this letter are talking about unprecedented interference with the doctor-patient relationship by the government, the government inserting themselves now between doctor and patient, and preventing doctors from making decisions that are right for their own patients, and particularly with children. That's why this is called the Children's Health Defense. It's online if you want to look at it, if you want to read the letter that these doctors have put together, and that they are signing uh, to be sent to Congress. The uh, the government wants to direct health care decisions and is doing so, basically says the letter, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. And the government is ordering children as young as 12 years old to be vaxxed without parental consent. And the government has silenced doctors from being able to speak out about what they're forcing them to do with vaccinations, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And the COVID lab leak fears are continuing to, to heighten and deepen. We now have a government bombshell report saying the National Institutes for Health failed to keep tabs on the Wuhan lab where our taxpayer money, And the grants were used for the coronavirus research years before the pandemic. The U.S. Office of Inspector General, I didn't hear this mentioned on ABC, found the country's medical research agency did not properly review whether the tests in Wuhan involved dangerous pathogens with pandemic potential. And, of course, here's that name again. British scientist Peter Daszak, Echo Health Alliance, a Fauci friend that Fauci's been giving money to, your money to, for years to do this dangerous research. All right? And so, I, and I've always had questions about whether or not Fauci or any of his family members have investments in he- Echo Health Alliance or if there's some way that Fauci is receiving some sort of money, I don't know, is something from Echo Health Alliance, whatever. I don't know. But I that's why a full investigation by our Congress needs to happen. The U.S. Office of Inspector General found that the NIH and Echo Health failed to understand the nature of the research conducted, identify potential problem areas, and take corrective action years before the pandemic happened. And while the lab leak theory was initially dismissed as conspiracy and xenophobic, now you've got a growing number of scientists coming around to the idea that that the virus did indeed escape Wuhan And claiming that COVID's unique spike protein, which is used to infect people, shows the hallmarks of engineering. Meanwhile, a new CDC report. See, I like using their own information, right? That one was from the U.S. Inspector General. This is from the CDC. The CDC said late yesterday that a majority of Americans vaccinated with the bivalent COVID shot are not protected against falling ill. They're not. The vast majority of Americans, well over 50%, uh, are not protected. The CDC highlighted that the main purpose of the vaccine is to prevent hospitalization and death rather than transmission. So you see how they've changed that now? When they first told you to get it and they told you to get it over and over again, well, you won't get sick. We can pull the sound of Joe Biden saying that, Rachel Walensky at the CDC saying that. We can pull the sound of a number of people saying, get the shot and you won't get sick. Get the shot and you won't get sick. But that's not true because it's only 48% effective. Only 48% effective. And among 65 and older, it's only 37% effective. The rampant spread of the Omicron variant in recent months means that much of the population has natural immunity, says the CDC, to the virus and little to worry about. Well, that's interesting because that is a very over natural immunity was a fight that Rand Paul had with Anthony Fauci on a number of occasions in front of the Congress and the committee that Rand Paul is on. And Fauci debunked natural immunity a number of times, a number of times, saying natural immunity, natural immunity, natural immunity, it's not a a deal. And Rand Paul would say, you're totally discounting natural immunity. And now their own figures say, with Omicron, if you've had this, you've got natural immunity and you have very little to worry about. But I would worry about them tinkering around with this, which is apparently what they're doing for profit. And i got to tell you, that wouldn't surprise me one little bit if it turns out that that's true. To find out that Big Pharma is tinkering around with a with a virus in order to increase their profit, you would not shock me or surprise me one little bit. Well, hissy fits now from Schiff and Swalwell, and KJP says it's all political. Well, she doesn't know anything. Okay, we all that's a that's an established fact. But let's get into this story when we get back. Trey Ware, KTSA.
4: Keep cozy with a free furnace from Champion. The stray cats. <laughs>
1: Looking for that stray cat
4: out back, huh? Actually, uh,
1: Jimmy does every morning. It looks like it's got a white stripe. It's a black cat with a white stripe right down the middle of it. Jimmy goes out there, smokes cigarettes, and says, Where, where's that stray cat hanging out around here? Right? That's what you were just doing a couple minutes ago. Did you find it? <laughs> Have you found it? <laughs> no. Yeah. I, you
2: know what? Actually, one morning last week, I went out, and there he was. You and, could tell the was, smell? He was in the front yard. Yeah. He was digging around out in the front yard. <laughs>
1: He's our, he must be our station mascot. We used to have one of those, uh, you know, small dragons. What do they call those things? A dragon? Well, it was kind of like that. It was, what do they call those things? Elaine knows. nose. Iguana. An iguana. Oh, okay. And Russ Bookbinder over at the Spurs gave that to us years ago. And it was about, I don't know, 10 inches, 12 inches long when he gave it to us. When Spike died, when they built a huge thing in the lobby area, and that's where Spike lived, and we have two, folks, we have two courtyards here at the station, and when the sun in August beats down on that, man, it's hot. And that's what iguanas love. They love it to be hot. In fact, in Florida, they fall out of trees when they freeze. Right. They just fall down on the ground because they go into like a hyper... State or whatever. Yeah. Whatever. So, anyway, um, he, by the time he died, he'd, he'd lived here for I don't know how long, man 14 years, 15 years, something like that. He was six feet from nose to tail. <laughs> he went from 12 <laughs> inches to six feet. That boy grew and grew and grew laying out there in that sun. I watch him every year, you know, every day. We'll yeah. see him lay, Somebody would take him out of the cage and take him out in the sun, and he just lay there, and it had, he had long claws as long as your finger. Yeah. And he would. You'd hear him walking down the hallway. Kind of like we have Josie now, our black lab that runs around here. Right. But it was Spike. So you'd be sitting in your office and you'd hear coming down the hallway so we've gone from we've gone from a six foot long iguana to a black lab around here yeah, i'll take the black lab i will too he's actually very sweet it was sure. incredible well so was spike i mean you know he was harmless because he's not gonna oh, go yeah, in a hurry you know, there's nothing like a, you know, a prehistoric dinosaur <laughs> walking the hallways it's true you'd be in your office i'm not kidding about this i'd be in my office working i was program director at the time and i'm on the air too but i'm in my office working on some programming stuff got my head down and i look up and you know how they got that tongue that they stick out that it's like a snake's tongue right Right. you'd see it go by in the hallway then he would catch up to his tongue and he'd just come walk and he just walk by your office and keep going going down to the kitchen for something i guess time to eat whatever he wanted wow man let me tell you Yeah, most they usually just eat fruit anyway, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I can't see you throwing a pork chop at an iguana. They they
1: love bananas. Yeah, banana is one of the things that they love, but, anyways, yeah, Yeah, you're not gonna throw a pork chop. They're not gonna, it usually will not take a finger off them. Right. Well, you know, I wouldn't want to try (laughs) it, huh? What'd you say? They hate cinnamon. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. They don't like cinnamon. Okay.
2: (laughs) A place I worked that had a tarantula. As a a tarantula. Yeah, we had a tarantula. A well, that's interesting. An well, it was. You know, we. I was Stephen King's radio station. Oh,
1: well, there you go. That so makes sense. So we had a huge tarantula. Its name was
2: Elvis. <laughs> Come here, Elvis. Yeah, and you know, every now and then you'd reach in and try to take it out, and it would kind of hiss at you, or whatever. Yeah, so, right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not messing with Elvis today.
1: Well, the company is called Alpha Media. Our company is, and the mascot is a dog. Right. So now we have Josie, the dog, around here, and she's a cutest and thing. She's here every day yeah and we know that life is good when josie shows up she right. shows up about eight o'clock in the morning here to take care of business and runs around the whole joint all day long and everybody's got treats in their desks so yeah. here comes josie and she'll lay by the desk and they'll toss her a treat you know you Fred,
4: worked you worked at stephen king's radio station don yes twice actually Do you know who his favorite band is cross canadian ragweed no yeah. yes that's a known
2: fact yeah we played a lot of their stuff
1: he he really does like huge them. huge yeah. fan wow that's he,
4: very cool. There's been rumors that he has offered money for them to reunite and play a show. He's that big of a fan. Well, he's got the money. So yeah. if
1: anybody could make that happen, it yeah. would be somebody like he him. Was
2: in a lot of bands like that. He was... Yeah. We played a lot of those, because he was a fan. Right. You know, Cross-Canadian Ragweed, uh, Drive-By Truckers was another one he's a Well, he's loaded,
1: so So if anybody could get those guys back together. Yeah, that was the
2: beauty of working for him.
1: Check always cleared. Yeah, you darn (laughs) right it did. You had no problem with that, and you got good books every couple of months. Yep. Yeah. All right, so a couple of the most useless and dangerous members of Congress got their panties in a wad. Oh, I'm so sorry, Pencil Neck Schiff. I'm so sorry, bang, bang, fang, fang, swalwell. I'm so sorry, Ilhan Umar. I'll just marry my brother so he can come into the country. Those are the three. They're most useless but dangerous to the United States. Yes, you can be both. They're useless to us and dangerous to us. And uh, they have been removed from the intel committee. Okay? And they're just really upset. Can't believe you'd do that. Kareem Jean-Pierre says it's all political. No, it's not. And, folks, i got to hand it to Kevin McCarthy. I I don't know if you saw him challenge this reporter who is nothing more than an activist. You you remember the, the Jim Acosta days? Jim wasn't a reporter. He's not a journalist. He's an activist. Well, somebody did that to Kevin McCarthy yesterday, and he put her in her place. He shut her up real quick. First thing he told her was, you don't get to decide when I answer the question. When I answer the question, the question is answered. You don't get to decide that. And second of all, here's the situation. And he went on to explain that with both Schiff being a liar and using intel in an improper way to support his lies and spreading this stuff everywhere. Of course, the word is out all over D.C. that these people – particularly Schiff and Swalwell, use this intel for themselves. And it's all over D.C. that Swalwell is a big leaker. That ain't cool when he's sleeping, supposedly, with a spy. Okay, so it's not political. And McCarthy told us last year, this has nothing to do with him trying to make a deal uh, to win the, the speakership. Last year he told us if he becomes speaker, they're done. They're done. They're not going to be on the intel committee. Now, they can be on other committees, but they're not going to be on the intel committee because the intel committee is privy to information that nobody else is privy to. You're not. I'm not. Those journalists are not privy to the information. They are uh, privy to the top, secret, highest information that, that our government has. It's at their disposal. And you, and if Eric Swalwell's sleeping with a with a uh, Chinese spy, you certainly don't want him on that committee. And the FBI told uh, McCarthy as much, and he has told us if you sat through the briefing about Eric Swalwell that I got, you wouldn't want him anywhere near our country's secrets. And I believe that. I believe that's absolutely true. Well, and it's clear that it's true because they're pitching a fit. You know. Schiff says, this is an effort by McCarthy to please the boss down at Mar-a-Lago. Whatever. Whatever. Uh, does it suck to not be on a committee that does such important work? Yes. But it's not about me, says Swalwell. Yes, it is. Of course you're making it about you. So what, it said, what uh, Schiff said, it does damage to the Intelligence Committee to use it as a political plaything the way McCarthy is actually As in so many cases, they're guilty of using it as a political plaything, and using it for themselves and the information that they gain and they learn from there. So good. This is a great step. They should be nowhere near, nowhere near the Intel Committee, and good on Kevin McCarthy for, for doing what he said he was going to do. Multiple multiple reports out now saying the White House did hide the classified doc uh, uh, scandal and they were in collusion with the Justice Department to do it. New York Times Democrat allies are increasingly frustrated by a White House that hid the discovery of secret documents from the public for two months. And once it was reported, provided only partial information, then declared the search complete only to have the papers turn up. Washington Post reporting that not only did the White House and the DOJ try to obscure the scandal from public view, they were in collusion together, the White House and the DOJ, in collusion. And the DOJ is supposed to be an independent body, but it's not. They are doing the bidding of this administration. They also refused to divulge that the second trove of classified documents was already unearthed at Biden's home when uh, CBS first contacted the White House. I told you about that last week, that they already knew that that second batch was there, but they were keeping it quiet. So it was, it was the attorney general and the folks at the DOJ being in collusion with the White House to keep this thing quiet so it didn't get out. And now DOJ officials are saying that they are frustrated and irritated with Biden over the classified doc scandal because, bo, oh, they're not being forthcoming. Isn't that interesting? I told you yesterday how Mike Pence was wide open and, and telling everybody, hey, man, I'll meet you, whatever you want to talk about anytime. But the Biden people are playing hide football For example, weeks after the Justice Department told the Biden team that they would be reviewing the case, the president's team went over and searched the Wilmington home. The DOJ calls the president's folks and says, hey, we're, we're, this, we're launching an investigation. And immediately... The president's folks rushed to Wilmington to go through everything before the DOJ got there. Now, document fires are a real thing. Now, I don't know. I have no idea if they took any documents, destroyed any documents, but neither does anybody else, right? But I do think it's a little wee bit odd that when they were contacted by the Department of Justice, they hightailed it over to Wilmington to go through Joe's stuff. And we also know that prior to that FBI situation last Friday, Joe went there himself. <clears throat> and Peter Ducey has been asking, "Do we have that sound, Jimmy?" Peter Ducey has been asking Corrine Jean Pierre, "What was the president doing there?" Do we have that?
0: So I'll say this: uh, Representative Schiff, Representative Swalwell, uh, and uh, also Repres- uh, Representative uh, Omar are, um, you know, our expertise and bring a lot
1: to the table. When no, that's not to- it. That's a, that's a different one. We'll, we'll get to it a little bit later on. National Archives has now skipped the deadline to disclose the Biden-classified scandal docs. The National Archives has missed the House, Oversi- House Oversight Committee's deadline to comply with requested documents related to the situation with, uh, with Joe Biden. And John Kirby, one of the biggest swamp rats there is, the retired rear admiral, attempting, jo- attempting to protect and defend Joe Biden over this matter. He answered a question from the Deuce, and he left out a very important detail. Deucey asked Kirby what the proper procedure was for someone who has removed classified material. Kirby said, usually what happens to someone in the chain of command, if they do leave a skiff with a piece of classified material that they're not supposed to have or or is not secure, that was the question from Deucey. Kirby said, well, I think um, if you do it um, inadvertently or you do it and you realize you don't have it secured on a back ba- on a locked bag, you know, you self-report, which is exactly what the president did. He self-reported. But you self-report, and you make sure that you get the material back secured where it belongs, and you're transparent about it. Well, the president did not self-report. In fact, the White House did not self-report. Biden's lawyers called the White House, which informed National Archives, And DOJ only learned of the uh, evident crime because the National Archives Inspector General learned of it and called DOJ. Now, what this says is is that the protocol you're supposed to, when you find out that you've got this stuff, kind of like Mike Pence, you call up and you self-report, I got this stuff. Joe Biden has had it for at least six years, at least six years. So what does that mean? How, how long has he failed, at least six years, to self-report? Because this stuff goes back to when he was senator. So that could be even longer than that. He was, he was vice president for eight years. So depending on when he took that information and those documents, again, some of it going back to when he was a senator, he hasn't self-reported for years and possibly even decades. So they're lying, and and Kirby lies every time he steps up to the podium. Like I said, he's a a swamp rat. They're not giving the information over to uh, the National Archives. The National Archives is not giving the information over to the Congress. The Department of Justice is not getting any cooperation out of the Biden people. So uh, it's typical Washington the way that they run, but what do they have to hide? If Joe says he takes this seriously which he said a million times, and uh, Karine Jean-Pierre said a million times. He takes this very seriously. If that's the case, then why is he hiding the information? Why is he turning it over? Well, you and I both know. It must be because there's illegal illegal activity that they participated in, and they know it. All right, back in just a minute. Trey Ware, KTSA.
3: Deb's constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and appear courtesy of the Stevens-Ruby Newsmaker Hotline.
1: Hey, coming up, 6.08, right after the news this morning, to visit with a guy who is leading a thing called early vote action i've been talking a lot about this that the republicans had better modernize how they do the vote they'd better get with the program if they ever want to win another race they're not going to win any major contests until they do this uh, and I want to talk about that with this guy after 6 o'clock. So hang in there. A couple of real quick things to end up the hour. Republicans have filed a bill to repeal the National Firearms Act of 1934. Yay! Who? That's great. But uh, the Firearms Act of 1934 essentially gives the ATF the ability to turn law-abiding gun owners into criminals by instituting rules on legal guns, such as the stabilizer thing that we've been talking about the past couple of weeks. Oh, you can got to have that stabilizer on there does nothing does nothing to enhance the firepower of that weapon but that doesn't matter the atf is an embedded bureaucracy that's been around for a long time and their job is to just issue more rules and regulations on law-abiding gunners keep in mind that none zero of their rules and their regulations affect the gangbanger with a nine mil in his back pocket or his waistband right doesn't affect him at all it only affects you and me the people who actually follow the laws of this country Matt Gates, congressman from Florida, is pushing a bill to abolish the ATF. That's great. That's great. They're not needed. The ATF is unnecessary. Uh, but if you, if you get rid of the National Firearms Act of 1984, then there's no need for the ATF. <laughs> <laughs> because they use the, the act to issue their rulings. Josh Hawley. Congress, or, or, uh, Senator Josh Hawley has filed the Pelosi Act that's meant to keep people in Congress from doing what Nancy and Paul Pelosi have apparently done, using the information that she had as Speaker of the House in order to affect their, their stock trades. Way too many times something was coming in, in Congress, something was about to happen with some corporation in Congress, and Daddy Paul, her hubby, would run out and buy a bunch of stock or sell a bunch of stock. I'll give you an example. He dumped 30,000 shares of Google stock a month before the Department of Justice filed their antitrust lawsuit. How do you know? Just a lucky guess. I'm going to dump my Google uh, stock, and then they file an antitrust lawsuit against Google. Just a lucky guess. Beto O'Rourke says he gave back the million-dollar donation from FTX CEO, but he didn't give it all back. He said he did. But he's a liar. They're holding on to $100,000 pending the outcome of the investigation. And once again, it is National School Choice Week, and it's being debated. School choice is being debated in Austin. The education cartel ain't happy about it, the fact that it's even coming up. So we're going to talk about it in the next hour, and we're going to talk squatters, too, in the next hour. But revising and revitalizing Republican vote measures. That's coming up first, next, KTSA. Hope never gives up. That is Laura. I was having a Stevie Ray fest yesterday. Put my headphones on, turned him up. Watch the old Austin uh, City Limits show with him, one of them. Morning, 607, Trey Ware, KTSA. So, you know, I've been telling you that Republicans better get with it if they ever want to win again. They better get on a, on a stick and learn how to run the vote don't sit there and wait for them to come to you. You go to them, right? And and maybe you've heard me say that one of the things that I believe in is, well, what the Democrats have done, and you have to give them some credit. They've turned the voting process on its head, kind of like I equate it to Jeff Bezos and Amazon turning retail on its head. The way retail used to work back in the day was uh, you – you got pretty and you got your car and you drove over to a place and you parked 14 miles away and you walked across some asphalt and you went into a place and you looked through some stuff that has become increasingly limited. And then you picked that stuff up and you took it up front and you waited in a line 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 and you waited and waited and waited until you gave some money to some people to take that stuff out. But along comes Jeff Bezos, says, No. Tell you what you do, just go on your computer or now your phone. You can do it wherever you are, and you just click, and I'll bring it to you. <laughs> A guy in pretty brown shorts shows up at the front door. Well, okay, so the Democrats have basically done that to voting. They have really pushed the mail-in balloting, or we'll come get it. It's called ballot harvesting. We'll come get it. All you gotta do is just fill it out, or you know, in some instances, don't, and we'll just we'll do that part for you too. But uh, we'll just make it easy on you. And Democrats by nature, most humans by nature, but Democrats by nature are people are, lazy people, let me put it this way, lazy people are attracted to the Democrat Party because the Democrat Party gives them a bunch of crap, you know, gives them all kinds of stuff. So it's time that the Republicans get with it and better figure out how to operate their voting that same way. Don't wait till Tuesday, second Tuesday in November to go do this. So I started to investigate this and I found a pretty impressive guy online. His name is Scott Pressler. And he's on the Stevens Roofing Newsmaker Hotline right now. He's an Eagle Scout. He's a recipient of the Ronald Reagan Award at CPAC in 2021. He fights for conservative causes. At one time, he organized this big cleanup of Baltimore that needed it really, really bad. Picked up like 21 tons of trash or something like that. He goes around, he cleans up, and he says, you know, I'm really more concerned. All these people in government are more concerned about people coming across the border and taking care of them and feeding them than they are about Americans. And so he has launched a project now that is very, very cool. And I want you to learn more about this project called Early Vote Action. He's now with me. Scott, good morning, man.
3: Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me.
1: Great to have you on. So tell us a little bit about Early Vote Action.
3: Well, frankly, Trey, I'm tired of losing. And so what we're going to do is going into 2023 and beyond – We're going to be focusing on the states of Arizona, Nevada, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. Good. And set up early voting and mail-in infrastructures in all of these states. Because if we win those states that I just mentioned, we're going to hit the necessary 270 electoral votes that we need to take back the White House in 2024. And. Republicans need to understand we can't just vote on election day if we only wait for one day then we're going to see again what we saw in Arizona that it only took shenanigans on one single day to disenfranchise tens of thousands of voters.
1: Kind of so right you know I, I have said for a long time Republicans have waited for that Tuesday for people to vote on that particular day And and they say, we're waiting because we don't want to tip our hand to the Democrats as to what we're doing or how many people are going to show up. But quite the opposite happens. What you're doing is giving the Democrats or whoever, ha-ha, wink, wink, nod, nod, an opportunity to cheat it and, and lose ballots or the machines malfunction and you get frustrated, you go home. Maricopa County is a
3: prime example, right? Well, and look at Texas, your state, that in Harris County, the biggest, most populous county in the state of Texas, they ran out of paper ballots as early as 7.30 a.m. on election day. And in my opinion, that's not just negligence. But think of it this way. You know, I'm currently in the Commonwealth of Virginia, right? We have over 40 days of early voting. You know what that means? That means that while Republicans, the majority of them are waiting to vote on one day, the Democrats, are early voting, the Democrats are early in-person voting, the Democrats are mail-in voting, and Democrats in other states are also ballot harvesting. So while the Democrats are literally locking in hundreds of thousands of votes, and then having fewer people to contact on Election Day to get out more people, Republicans are behind the ball, and we're fighting an uphill battle to make sure that we turn out our people on one single day. And so I'm saying it's time for change.
1: How do you go about doing that, Scott? What, what are your next steps?
3: Well, step number one is I'm going to be doing a tour across the country so I will be coming to Pennsylvania in early February, as well as North Carolina, uh, then heading to Nevada and Arizona. So my goal is to begin setting up these infrastructures, recruiting volunteers, training them, and giving them the tools that they need to begin registering voters. What are the ballot harvesting rules in each state? And actually, I'm very close to finishing a ballot harvesting manual, the first of its kind for the Republican Party. <laughs> so wow. I'm pretty excited about that. Do they are, are they helping you? Is the RNC involved with you at all? That would be crickets, Trey. No. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no. Well, see, that's the deal, man. And that's, that's just stupidity on their part. They really got to get their act together because... You're going to need some attorneys because the Democrats have people like Eric Holder out there and Bob Bauer, who they just called in out, you know, from out there to come and handle this scandal, uh, document scandal with, uh, with, with Biden. But he was out there. Mark Elias is out there. And they are actually petitioning the courts in several states. And I'm not telling you anything. I'm telling our audience. You know this. They're petitioning courts to change the ballot harvesting law so they can do actually more ballot harvesting in places where it's not allowed or early voting where it's not allowed or voting by mail where it's not allowed. The Democrats are out there being very aggressive in getting these laws changed to their favor, and they have attorneys on the trail. One guy like yourself, it's a great idea and a great opportunity with early vote action, but you're going to need a lot of help, and you're going to need some financial backing. And you're going to need the RNC to get behind this thing, or, uh, you know, you're going to need it. You're going to need some backing on this.
3: Well, I need the backing of the people. For example, you want to talk about laws and being litigious and upcoming litigation. The first mission of Early Vote Action, the organization I launched, is Wisconsin. So just so your viewers and listeners know, the current makeup of the state Supreme Court in Wisconsin is four Republicans and three Democrats. Now, one Republican is retiring, and the primary is on February 21st, and the general election for the spring is on April 4th if Republicans are not able to hold this seat, then our four to three conservative majority will flip to four to three Democrat majority, meaning that all of those important legal battles that are sure to come in 2024 in Wisconsin mm-hmm. could have implications. And so what I've also done that I'm extremely excited about is we have areas of the country that are either deeply blue, like Los Angeles, uh, Baltimore, harris county what purple and then we have areas of the country that are extremely red tennessee alabama wyoming and so my goal is to utilize those underutilized volunteers that either say oh it's so blue it's always mm-hmm. staying blue or oh, it's always staying red mm-hmm. so i'm gonna have people calling texting mailing fundraising from for example texas into wisconsin to help flip that supreme court seat Mm
1: -hmm. yeah yeah that's that's necessary you've got to use your resources that you have available and move them around as you need them scott i gotta let you go man we're going to stay in touch and see how things progress with you all right
3: Thank you, and it's earlyvoteaction.com. Thank you so much, Trey. Earlyvoteaction.com, and Scott
1: Presser. Scott, thank you for your time. All right, it's uh, 6.15 uh, now, 550 KTSA, FM 1071, the Trey page, KTSA.com. All this stuff is recorded and on a podcast, so if you want to go to my page, Trey page, KTSA.com, and hear more about him, you can do that as well. Lifestyles Unlimited is your real estate investment mentor to teach you, take you by the hand, literally, and teach you the ways to invest in real estate to retire in five years years or less doesn't that sound great well you can do it a lot of people have and lifestyle is unlimited their whole mission in life is teach you how they've been at this now for more than 30 years they've been through every economic cycle that you can imagine the ups and downs and sideways of everything and they know how to help you invest and i got to tell you the more we're hearing about social security and 401ks and all these other things uh, You know, having some other streams of income as you approach retirement and in your retirement years are going to be so much more important as we go forward. It's becoming more important to have those, not less. And lifestyles unlimited with real estate. Well, that's, that's always going to be a deal because, you know, people always have to have a place to live, right? So I want you to get in touch with them at FinancialFreedomLivestream.com. That's where you're going to learn. You go through a course there, and that's where you're going to learn how to invest in real estate and start making money. And use my name as your promo code because you get discounts. FinancialFreedomLivestream.com Where? W-A-R-E Sunny today and tomorrow with the upper 50s and cloudy on Saturday Right now it's 33 at KTSA
0: Good morning, no major...
1: KTSA and FM 1071 on Facebook, Twitter, and online at KTSA.com <laughs>
3: I'm
1: reading the book right now It's kind of loosely based off this song It's called, well... The song's called Get Over It. One of the, one of the lines in that song. I want to find your inner child and kick his little ass. <laughs> yeah, this book I'm reading. The guy's name is Doug Giles or G I L E S. So pretty interesting. Uh, pretty interesting book. It's about manhood, and feminization of men in America, and all that, and encouraging men to pick up their mantle, be strong men again, and lead and get involved in the things that matter. Like this is National School Choice Week. The education cartel is very upset about that because, well, you can imagine, they're going to lose their power, they're going to lose their influence if parents actually have power and influence over the education of their children. I'm going to talk about that in a second, but first let's go to line one. And Steve, you're on KTSA with Trey. Good morning, Steve.
4: Good morning, Trey, and thank you very much for taking my call. And not, we now know, we absolutely know that not all superheroes wear capes because the kid you just had on was... Outstanding, And I hope that you all will have him on someday during the uh, Sean and Trey show, or Trey and Sean, Joe, uh, so that more people could be exposed to what they're doing. Now, I've been off of Twitter for a long time. I got off even before they got rid of Trump because I knew I was being shadow banned. Facebook and, and Twitter got back on Twitter when Elon Musk about a month or so after he, he bought it. I've never followed another account unless they followed me first until this morning. As I was listening to you, I got on Twitter, got on there, uh, uh, put the, I, I can't remember, early vote action, and up they popped. I followed them. I am so, so, I'm beyond disappointed in the RNC. I'm disgusted in the RNC. And I hope that when we get some new leadership into the RNC, they will support this kid. This is what we need. Uh, 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 Jack and I were talking about this last night. Forget about these investigations. Forget about we need to get ahead of this thing now before 2024, or we're going to be right back where we were November uh, 5th, 2024, if we don't start something now. So I got on there. I followed this guy. I'm going to find out how I can donate to this guy and this kid is a superhero and this kid this this that you expose us to this morning this is why i listen to your show this is why i listen to ktsa for for information like that that we're not going to get anywhere else and we're certainly not going to get it from the republican national committee
1: thank you so much steve you're very important to what we do here with your comments and thank you for your call as always let line two and debbie you're on ktsa good morning debbie good morning
0: um i was scrolling through the internet last night and just happened to find scott pressler and uh coincidentally you had him on this morning and i just wanted to thank you for having him on
1: oh you're you're most welcome i i did basically the same thing i've been investigating this early voting stuff because as Steve just called or Steve just said, if Republicans ever want to win again, they better get out in front of this. Now it's a multi-year process. The Democrats have been at this for many, many years. And I mentioned those attorneys: Eric Holder, who used to be the Attorney General during the Obama campaign; Mark Elias, very powerful, connected to Hillary; Bob Bauer, who is now running this the 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 the, the deflection campaign for Biden's uh, uh, corruption uh, back in D.C. These guys have been out across the country under the under the radar, changing laws to benefit fit them the election laws and uh, the republicans uh, had better done it. And, and i got to tell you rona mcdonald's not getting it done and it, it, they're they're in a process right now are they going to pick the pillow guy are they going to pick harmeet uh are they going to go back to rona she she has not gotten the job done so it's going to take some real uh right. you know it's going to take some moxie in there some people who know what they're doing to move this thing ahead
0: right Well, he posted about that uh, effort that he's doing in Wisconsin. Yeah. And um, I reposted it on my social media. So I encourage everybody to follow him, repost everything that he posts, because he's trying to get the word out, and we need to help him.
1: Thank you, Debbie. I appreciate your call. 210-599-5555. All right, brief comment here about education choice, and I'll continue on the other side. It's National School Choice Week. Anytime you mention school choice, the education cartel and the teachers unions, they flip out, man. Oh my god, no! You can't do that. You can't take the money away from us. We barely have any money. It's a multi-billion dollar industry and they have the entire, they hold the entire thing within their hands and their power and they will not let go of it. And they scream to high heaven when you talk about school choice because, oh no, the poor people won't be able to get an education. Well, it's exactly the opposite. Whatever the education cartel says to you, it's exactly the opposite, all right? The rich people already have the opportunity to take their kids to private education, which, by far, it's not even close. Private education is turning out a much better product, a much more educated, highly educated human being. Because, you know what, the public education is turning into indoctrination centers. I'm talking about all that tranny stuff and nonsense and CRT nonsense and all that. And so now there's an opportunity, and it's, it's caught on fire across the country. It's going crazy right now. Iowa just signed it. They, their, uh, Kim Reynolds is their governor. She just signed it two days ago. $7,600 to parents per year to take their child somewhere. Uh, same thing happened in West Virginia. It started over in Arizona now you got Nebraska and Utah and here in the state of Texas, Governor Greg Abbott and Dan Patrick, Lieutenant Governor, say this is the biggest thing we want to deal with this session this is it, this is our deal school choice, we're pushing it and pushing it hard, so they're talking about it right now at the Texas legislature trying to get it done here in Texas and of course, as I said, the education cartel is freaked and my question is why, por qué, why is the education cartel upset about this I mean If you have a great product, and you're really educating children, which we know you're not, but if you were, and you're turning out a highly educated human being at the end of the day, if if that's what you're graduating, then why would parents ever leave you? So what are you worried about? I I mean, it seems to me that a little competition, you would welcome that. I mean, the rest of us do. Now, I know (laughs) competition is anathema to government bureaucracy and bureaucrats in government and i'm not talking about teachers i'm talking about those in the higher ends of all the education cartel teachers are out there busting their butts i'm talking about these guys in the education cartel that run it and decide you know what we're going to do they're all you know teachers are protecting all that cash why if you're doing a great job and you're you're turning out great human beings ready to take on the future what what are you worried about parents aren't going to leave you But we know the truth, right? Between us, the truth is you're not turning out highly educated human beings ready to take on the future world. And that's why this movement has gained so much ground in states all across the country, and just state after state after state. And it's time for Texas to pass school choice for real. Tell me what you think. 210-599-5555. Trey Ware, KTSA. People who suffer from arthritis are getting real. News with Trey Ware, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Here we go. 638 now. Feel free to jump in here. 210-599-5555 if you want to. Trey Ware here on KTSA. Trey Weir page, KTSA.com. Tell you about something I'm working on here. We talked about it on Ware and Rima yesterday. Sean had some great thoughts because he sees a couple of uh, vacant houses in his neighborhood. Uh, we, we have a problem in, in Texas because the border is open, as you well know. And not only is fentanyl coming across and all this other stuff that's happening, but with all these people that are coming across, they're looking for a place to live. And what they're doing in many instances is they're finding homes that may be like between tenants. You know, they rent properties that somebody owns and they rent the house out. It may be between pro- uh, tenants or whatever. Whatever the situation might be. And uh, they're going into squatting. Squatting has become an, um, an enormous thing because of all the illegal aliens that are coming across the border. And in the instances that I am personally aware of with people that I know that are going through, that I've spoken with, these people, they're trash in the place. There's multiple people up to 20, 25, 30 people living in like a 1,200, 1,500 square foot home, stuff like that that's going on. Uh, Loud parties, cars parked all over the yards, neighbors complaining that they see weird characters coming and going Some possible drug things. Who knows? But the laws of Texas on squatters' rights must be reformed, and I am appealing to several people in the Texas legislature. I know they've got all this other stuff with school choice and these other issues that they are working on, but this is one that is super important to property owners in the state of Texas because squatters are moving in and taking over their homes, and it costs the property owners – Tons of money to go through the eviction process to get them kicked out and then tons of money to repair the home because once they're told to leave, they have 24 hours to leave. And in that 24-hour period, most of the time, they absolutely destroy the home. Absolutely. I'm talking about tens of thousands of dollars of damage to these homes. One lady told me yesterday that she had just had a tenant left and she had to do $14,000 in repair when that tenant left. And now the squatters come in, and they have destroyed the inside of the house, and they're being told, they're being evicted, which this this lady, and she's an elderly lady who, who owns some properties here in town, she's had to go through an onerous process and pay numerous fees in order to get an eviction notice for people who moved in illegally in her property and just took up residence here in her property that she owns, that she pays taxes on. And she owns free and clear, not even a mortgage. And these people come in, and because the squatter's rights in Texas are written so screwy, they can come in and do that, and the owner of the property has to jump through numerous hoops and pay tons of money to get these people out. And they destroy the property on the way out, and now you've got another $15,000, $16,000, 20000 bill to repair it before it's ready for new tenants to come in. Folks, this is, this is ridiculous. So I've been telling people at the Texas Legislature that they need to you know advance come up with a bill and advance a bill and I'll come up, I'll I I told a couple of them I'll come up there and I'll testify because of the stories that I'm told on a regular basis from people that I personally know about what's going on in this squatter situation in Texas you want me to come up there and testify before the legislature happy to do it here's my number well most of them have it when do you want me there and I'll even bring the KTSA microphone let's do it so we'll see where all that goes but bottom line here is is that the only way this is going to change is a groundswell of people that are getting in touch with their legislatures in austin to get it changed whether or not your senator is donna campbell who that's she's my senator or it's somebody else whoever it might be or or or, you know house member um believe you me you may not be a property owner (laughs) but this is affecting everybody it does affect you because the costs the prices go up insurance rates go up which all of us pay increase insurance rates and all these things so it's time that we stand up as a state of texas and we reform the squatters rights laws here which to me squatters don't have any rights at all that's that to me that is insanity that is not your property, you get your butt out of there. If you want to live in a place you go about it the right way. you fill out the agreement, then you pay your down payment and you pay the first month's rent, whatever the situ- whatever the owner of the property is demanding. that's what you do. You follow decorum and you don't go in and set up you know yourself and your family and whoever God knows who else in these properties, and live there and not pay your rent and not do anything else deal in drugs or whatever we should not allow that here in the state of Texas should not be allowed anywhere but the only one we can speak to is the state of Texas it needs to stop it needs to stop right now and and the ledge is in session they need to get to work on it right now 643 Ware, KTSA so in Forest City North Carolina whew, man you get out to pump gas and somebody i know it sounds horrible it is horrible somebody's putting razor blades on the handles now i'm you know it could be anybody it could be some kids just being doing stupid stuff thinking it's funny and if you are you need to have the snot knocked out of you by your daddy oh daddy's not there well that's the problem in america isn't it daddies aren't there and the ones who are are wearing pink sweaters and drinking white claw some, some of these kids need to have the snot knocked out of them by Dad. I'm just saying. I'm telling you. And if Dad's not there, he's drinking White Claw on a weekend, that's a problem. We need real men leading their families. If that's the situation. But it could be somebody else. You, know, you would not shock and surprise me at the end of the day if we find out people that are putting razor blades on gas pumps have something to do with the environmentalist movement. You know, the green movement. Well, because the gas pumps are bad because gasoline comes out of gas pump we got to stop it and if we put enough razor blades on these handles then well people are going to stop pumping gas which isn't true but that's you know how they think they don't have much of a brain if they're in the green movement so i don't know could be that too but whoever's doing it eventually they're going to find out and hopefully they're prosecuted to the the you know biggest extent of the law or whatever but they're encouraging people now. And, and the big the big one is, how many times when you were a kid did you pull in the service station and dad said, get out and put 12 bucks in, son? So that's the, that's the one they're worried about are kids that are putting gas in a car for mom and dad. They're telling them, wear gloves and pay attention before you grab the gas handle. Good Lord, man. You just have to wonder about people. You really do. The evil intent of people these days, it's the last days. It's what it is. 645, back in just a minute. Trey Ware, KTSA.
2: Hello, this is Dr. Mark Havercorn of River City World. And one.
3: Guests of the 550 KTSA Morning News <laughs> with Trey Ware appear courtesy of the Stevens Roofing <laughs> Newsmaker Hotline. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right. Every time I say something about men drinking White Claw, I hear from men, men. I mean, guys that I know are real like men. Yeah. Like, okay, Jimmy's one of them. But I a couple of my other friends, man, they... I mean, these guys... Uh, <sighs> You know the old Hank Williams song, "Country Boy Can't Survive." These guys, that that's that's them. I I, I just heard from one. One is my nephew. He said, easy on a white call now. <laughs> uh, Scott Howard's another easy on a white call now, boy. And that, you know, Scott Scott Herrick, he could he could dismember you with your eyes just to, just looking at you. You know, he, the white, part. white
4: claws and truly's Those are good. Are you
1: really? I mean, should a man should a man be drinking something like that? Seriously, it's got
4: more alcohol than
1: your Coors Light. Sissy beer. Well, I don't drink Coors life. I don't drink sissy beer, but I, you know.
4: <laughs> but it does. It's 5% alcohol. Yeah. It's, and sometimes, you know.
1: But doesn't it look kind of wimpish for a man to be standing around with other men? I mean, do you chase it? Do you at least chase it with tequila?
4: <laughs> i mean come on <laughs> i'm not i'm not worried about what other men think of me oh you're not no <laughs> that doesn't bother you no well, i would be i am very strong in my masculinity really? and my skinny little cans so oh,
1: you say do you wear skinny <laughs> little jeans with your skinny little can
4: no i, I need room <laughs> in the jeans i can't wear those skinny things i don't know how guys okay do well that. that's good
1: that's good at least you're not wearing skinny jeans while you're drinking a white claw because then we would have to worry about your man card we'd have to check it See what date it was issued. See if it's expired. That's fair. <laughs> All right, so White Claws are cool.
4: They're okay. I like the Trulies better.
1: Okay. Better flavor. All right. Well, as long as you're chasing it with some Jack Daniels, that'll be fine.
4: Okay, coach. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so there's a major escalation in the war in Ukraine. And I don't know, but the way this thing is going, folks could be that we end up right in the middle of this the president announced yesterday well he didn't announce he can't announce anything let's go ahead and play it because it's important that you hear this first of all he came out to talk about sending our m1 tanks into um, ukraine by the way yesterday germany sent tanks into ukraine now the last time germany sent tanks into ukraine it didn't turn out so well for ukraine did it But Germany sent tanks into Ukraine for Ukraine to use against Russia. Now we're sending M1s over there, $400 million. So we're back to another few billion that we're dumping into Ukraine for this war. And yet we still aren't doing any accountability. So when the president came out to announce it, it was about a nine-minute speech he gave Antony Blinken, who is the Secretary of State, was over one shoulder. Lloyd Austin, who is the Secretary of Defense, was over the other shoulder. Joe really doesn't know who Lloyd Austin is. Check it out.
2: The Secretary of State, the Secretary of, of, the, uh, of uh, uh, the military uh, behind me, mm. uh, uh, they, they've been deeply, deeply involved well in this this whole effort. Our capability, as Joe uh, Wilson will tell you to speak of uh, it,
1: it's been critical. He needs obviously needs one of those lozenges that Jill gives him that perks him up a little bit keeps him from slurring so bad. I don't know what's on him but when she gives when she slips him one and he starts sucking on that lozenge hey he wakes up and he's ready to go hey what's going on everybody? But yesterday he was slurring he's not the so 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 secretary of the military There's no such thing. He's a Secretary of Defense, and he's not General Lloyd Austin. He he retired as a general, but he went through a process, a legal process, to put that aside for now to be recognized as a civilian because we do not allow military people to run our military, to be on tra- in charge of the military. We all know that, but Joe apparently doesn't. The, he He's done this before with him uh, in March of 2021 he was uh 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 uh, well the general there i call him general the general who runs that whole show over there but we've come to realize that out of joe he sent in tanks Zelensky said hey i appreciate that but what i need is jets now i want jets now the swamp says that Ukraine is the most important thing that they do. The most important issue for America is the swamp. I mean, uh, the swamp says the most important issue for America is Ukraine. That's what the swamp says. In fact, Mike Pompeo said it two nights ago, two, two afternoons ago. I was watching him with Susan Smith on. Most important issue. Not fentanyl. Not a southern border that's wide open with people living here that we don't even know who they are not rising crime not antifa who's blowing stuff up everywhere you turn that's not the most important issue for america what it is is ukraine now the ukrainians are starting to say that they want to go into crimea that's why they want these tanks these bradleys and now Zelensky wants jets unless i miss my bet if and when they move on crimea that's it for world war three now i hate to i hate to say that i hate to talk that way but i I can't imagine that putin that's the crowning achievement of all of his years sitting atop of russia crimea and that would be like somebody coming in foreign country coming in to take texas And so I can't imagine that he's going to sit there and take that too well. He's already said that, go ahead and send your M1 tanks. I'm just going to destroy every one of them that comes here. And it might happen. My issue has not been protecting Ukraine. My issue, number one, is I think we ought to protect the United States. We are being invaded every single day of our lives. There's an invasion happening right here in the United States of America. And we're more interested in protecting the borders of Ukraine than we are our own borders. And I understand that Bill Clinton got us into that by promising Ukraine that we would back them up and we would protect them if they just gave up their nukes. I understand all of that. I I know my history. But we're dealing with an invasion of our own that's happening right here that's affecting us, even us right here in San Antonio. But they don't care about that. The swamp says the most important issue facing the United States is Ukraine. And yet they don't treat it that way. They'll they'll send all the armaments over there. They're emptying our backstock of armaments and sending it all to Ukraine and sending hundreds of billions of dollars to Ukraine. They'll do that, but they won't demand any accountability. They won't demand to know what the end of the war looks like. They won't demand accountability on where the dollars are going. So it seemed to me you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. If you say at one side of your mouth, you're saying it's the most important issue that we deal with, and on the other side, you don't even want to know where the money's going? Unless, unless you already know where the money's going. Ha, ha. Back in a minute with Warren Rima, KTSA. When you want the best, when you want a metal roof,